morning and welcome to our worship service at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, this Sunday, October 24th. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship. As we, uh, as we think about setting our course for a better life, uh, the opportunity that's before us here as we, as we slowly emerge from this pandemic time, we're, we're really clear about the value of having a, a, a vision of where we want to be headed in our lives. The opportunity is before us. We have this great opportunity to get clear about that and to emerge into this next stage of our lives with um, a clarity about the kind of person and the qualities of that personhood that we're looking to have in our lives. Um, excellent opportunity that. Permission granted to become your better self as we emerge from this time. And so we're focusing on things that might help us under the, under the rubric of, of setting a course for a better life and, and realizing that your church is your home port, is, is the place where you can gather your supplies and be among people who are encouraging you to go on that journey. We talked about preparing for the journey and now we're talking about setting sail. Um, and acknowledging the importance of keeping Jesus as your true north, as well as noting what's helpful and what's harmful on the journey, such as how, how personal morality and social ethics affect our course, and how religious practice and theological thinking impact it. Thoughts, speech, and behaviors have consequences which support or distract us from our journey's goal to a better life. Today we highlight the biblical foundations that help us along the way. So let us now center ourselves and be in worship of our living Lord. the day that the Lord has made. I'd like for it to invite you to rise in body or spirit as we join in our call to worship this day. Setting sail, we seek the winds of the Spirit to carry us forward. Within our Bible, Jesus' love ethic is compelling and God's transforming grace is revealed. Let us remain standing as we join in our opening hymn.
Be seated, please, and let us pray. Holy God, we pray that your spirit is upon us in this time of worship, whether we are here present or in our homes or wherever we are worshiping online with our congregation this day. We open our hearts and our minds to your holy word. And we pray that being nurtured and inspired by it, we would be led by your spirit into truer discipleship and greater faithfulness. In your son's name we pray. Amen. time in our service where I get the opportunity to talk to the children of our church and it's kind of fun today because I get to turn around the whole sanctuary to see all of you so it is great to have you all here this morning now you guys heard Pastor Walt talk about something that's happening next week and I want to make sure that you guys know that this is an invitation for you to show up at church if you're Ideally, your family would come to worship and join us for worship. And at 11.15, we're going to start a trick-or-treat holiday harvest event. As I said, we're going to have trick-or-treating. And we're going to have some activities for you to do that decorate the pumpkin, both for Halloween that day and for Thanksgiving in the month to come. So we have a couple activities for you to, to participate in and trick-or-treat. Adults, if you want to be someone that staffs a door for the trick-or-treating, please let me know because we'd love to have your help. We have several youth who have volunteered to step forward and assist, but if you, you don't have kids that come to your house and you want to see kids dressed up in costumes, feel free to sign up to help us with this event. All right? So that's just logistics. Now, kids, today, you're going to talk about one of two things. You're going to talk about Abram who now has the name of Abraham. What? I don't know if you're going to talk about it, that in your lesson, but if you are like, wait, we were talking about Abram last week and we're talking about Abraham this week, they're the same person, I promise, okay? All right, and as you know that, this week you're going to talk about the fact that Abraham and his wife Sarah finally have a baby. They've been waiting for a long, long time, and they're reminded that God follows through with promises that are made to us, but not in our time frame, but on God's schedule. So sometimes we have to wait to get the blessings that we're looking for. And then the other story that you may be looking at, about, looking at is the story of Abraham's great, great, great grandson, Joseph. I think I have enough greats in there. And you're going to hear about Joseph as a child and how he was his father's favorite and his brothers didn't like that very much. So those of you who are in that class, I look forward to hearing what you find out happens to Joseph because of the fact that his father plays favorites. Let me know. But the truth of the story is, do you have a question, sir? What happens? Oh, almost. He doesn't run away. You'll have to go to your Sunday school class to find out, and you can tell me later, okay? All right. All right. So, but that's a good guess. It kind of feels like he ran away to the family, but something else happens. And the truth is, is that sometimes we make choices in our lives that affect our families, and we have to think about how the choices we make either bring honor to our families and to God or just cause hurt and pain. So hopefully that we remember that one, God offers us blessings, even if it doesn't happen as quickly as we'd like, and two, our actions have consequences. All right, will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. And thank you for yesterday. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us. Help us to think about our actions 
and bring honor to you. Amen. All right, head off to Sunday school, and I hope to see you next week. Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for this day, for the fact that your Holy Spirit is flowing around us and through us, inviting us to be in greater relationship with you and with our community as well. Thank you for your word, the one that is a light into our feet, that guides us and directs us. Give us the wisdom to read your word carefully to look for the message that you have in this living document for us each and every day, and to not approach Scripture in such a way that we say, ah, I've got it, I know what that means, but to recognize that your Spirit is always active in our lives, inviting us to see new things depending on what's going on and what we need to hear. Open our hearts, open our eyes, open our ears to your wisdom and see the, so that we can see the ways in which you bring your word to life in our life. As your church community, we lift up the following people in prayer. We hold the Mangus family in prayer this day as they grieve the passing of Doug's mother, Barbara, earlier this week. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers with Pastor Walt for Mark Wingland, the former praise band leader at Ventura First United Methodist Church, who had emergency brain surgery yesterday. Be with him in his healing. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Barb Stone, who is recovering from a broken tailbone and an injured right foot. Be with her that she might work through the pain and receive the healing that she needs. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Jack Elginer, who injured his arm pitching on Wednesday, which this injury will require surgery with a two to six month recovery period for a high school sophomore that feels like an eternity. Be with Jack in his healing, offer him patience, but also the endurance to do the physical therapy he needs to take care of his body and return to the sport he loves. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Wendy Anderson who has shoulder surgery this week. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We don't just come to you with pleas of concerns that we have, but we also come to you with celebrations, oh Lord. So we celebrate the time that 21 women from our church spent yesterday looking at the safe harbors in their lives and how they might turn to you as their safe harbor. Thank you for a fruitful time and the ways in which your spirit flowed through our conversation. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And Lord, we take a moment to lift up the prayers that are on our hearts this day. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, we place all of these prayers at your feet and trust that you will provide the wisdom, the healing, the guidance that we need 
so that we might continue on our journey to a better life and we might see the ways in which you are offering us direction. We pray all of this lifting up the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. so much. I, I realize it's a, it's a bother to sing through those masks. I sympathize with you and I thank you for keeping up that effort because you sound great. You sound great. Our scripture reading today is from 2 Timothy chapters 3 verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In, in, my, in my preparation for Christmas, uh, yeah, that is 
That is right around the corner. I feel like I'm a little late getting towards it. I've been rereading the birth narratives. And it may come as a surprise to, to some to learn that only two of the four canonical Gospels have stories of Jesus' birth. That's Matthew and Luke. Mark, which was written prior to those two, and John, which interestingly was written after them, do not treat his birth at all. Why is that? You should wonder why. Either those two gospel authors did not know about the birth stories, or they did not think those stories were essential to the presenting of Jesus' life. Now, how Matthew and Luke heard of the birth narratives, we don't know. And as we, as we look at them, it's interesting to note that those two gospel authors tell the story from differing points of view with differing main characters and differing actions. Have you, have you paid attention to that or have you just blurred both presentations into one? Which is what we typically do thanks to our Christmas Eve efforts. Matthew focuses on Joseph with Herod and the Magi as main characters and Luke focuses on Mary with angels and, and shepherds involved. They both record the birth taking place in Bethlehem. In Luke, the Holy Family goes from their home in Nazareth to Bethlehem for the birth and then returns to Nazareth to rear the family. In Matthew, the family goes from their home in Bethlehem to Egypt for safety and then to a new home in Nazareth to avoid further trouble from Herod's heirs. So here's a, here's a contradiction in Scripture that is either worrisome or doesn't matter really. Now, the, the all or nothing people who have problems with inconsistencies or, or contradictions in scriptures, they, they kind of worry about this. Yet if you don't get stuck with them in that literalistic position, you can approach Scripture with a, a maturity of thought and an openness of spirit and in so doing, reap great benefits from Scripture's wisdom and its meaning. Reading Scripture with a thoughtful eye and an open mind and a willing spirit well, that's really not new to the modern era. Indeed, as you read Scripture itself, you will note that there are places in Scripture where Scripture itself is interpreting what Scripture says earlier on and added, adding meaning to, to something that occurred earlier in the, in the story of Scripture. Yet beyond allegory and metaphor and topography, taking Scripture at face value was the typical interpretation through most of our religion's history. Now, with the age of the Enlightenment and the modern era of science, Scripture came under greater scrutiny concerning its historicity and its factuality. And instead of inserting that it was dictated by God and you better believe it or else the idea took hold 
that our understanding of God and our religious practices have been evolving over time. So thanks to the the ongoing, the ongoing revelation of God and our increased ability to understand life more thoroughly, we realize that there is still great, great, great wisdom gained in plumbing Scripture's depths and discerning its spiritual heights. And while we no longer look to Scripture to teach us about geology or physics or even biology, we recognize we might be throwing the baby out with the bathwater if we do not seek within Scripture's chapters and verses insights about God's nature and the nature of humanity and the relationship between the two of them as it is played out in human history. It is there for us to learn and to benefit from. The Bible is a repository of these insights about life's truths. These things that are that are helpful and hurtful, uplifting and denigrating to us, depending on the course we choose to take. The Bible speaks to us about the big questions in life, life's meaning, life's purpose, how to get along with that character you live next to. In fact, we can, we can readily understand the scope of Scripture if we think of it as the unfolding story of these types of things. Meaning, purpose, human agency, God's undergirding of life and God's intentionality with life. In other words, salvation history. In this perspective that I'm sharing with you, the whole of Scripture serves the purpose of recounting for us God's loving actions to redeem us, and by so doing, invites us into relationship with this gracious God for our own good and for the good of others. So let's take a look at this. Tech team, bring up this slide. These are the main episodes of the biblical story of salvation. Now, have you ever thought of the Bible in its entirety this way? As, a, as an unfolding, unified story. It's, it's an interesting idea that that perhaps might be God's intentionality in the revealing of God's self and in the drawing together of this inspired word into canon for us. So take a good look at, at each box. Do you recognize the event and the, and the character? Mosaic Covenant. Uh, that's Moses, Mosaic, Moses. Davidic covenant? You know, I kept typing that word and the spell checker kept saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, I don't know how else to say the covenant of David other than 
what I just said. Um, the Vedic covenant, that's what that's talking about. Creation, well, you all know what that's meant, right? Now, can you put these boxes in their right order, friends? Give it a try. You know, does Pentecost go before the Mosaic Covenant or after Judges? Where do the Maccabees go? Who even knows the Maccabees? Yeah. Now, if you're having a hard time realizing the order in which this story really unfolds, I want to share with you that you have a lot of company. This is a great challenge for many modern people because they don't read scripture as an entire story. They're in and out in different places and they're not noting the unfolding over history of the story of God and God's people, God's creation. Churched or unchurched, many people have a hard time with it. It really is kind of our biblical illiteracy showing. Yet, you know what? That illiteracy means we don't get the meaning of the whole story so well either. If we can't put these all in order, we're missing out of a whole lot of stuff of understanding what God is doing through time in creation and with humanity. So, tech team, help us out here. What is the arc of biblical salvation history really looking like? Now, if you're watching online, you can probably screen save that somehow if you're younger than 50. You know how to do that. Now, if, if you're more like me, what you can do is pick up your phone and look at the image, right, and take a photo of it. That's how I'd do it. And I invite you to do that. All, all of you who are here present, uh, photograph one of these screens uh, to take it home tonight. And if you're at home, to somehow save that. This is the episodes of salvation history in the order in which they occur. Creation, fall, flood, then what? Abrahamic covenant, Exodus, Moses and the Mosaic covenant, Judges, Davidic covenant, exile, remember the Babylonians, exile, and then remember Isaiah and those guys, restoration, Nehemiah and Ezra, rebuilding the temple, remember that kind of stuff? That's restoration. And then along comes this intertestamental period, right? The Maccabees, the asserting the revolution, the taking back, the lack of success of that. Then the New Covenant, what's that? Well, that's the Christmas stories that we've been talking about. That's Jesus, the Jesus movement. Pentecost, punctuation and send-off of the early church. And then the new heaven and the new earth. This is a dynamic growth in understanding life through Scripture. It speaks through the, the context of its time to the situation of our time. Our effort is to understand the timeless truths that transcend the centuries and to live into those truths in our time and our place. Scripture 
helps guide us, helps guide you on your journey and helps you to discern how you fit in and where you are in your life now and what might be your unfolding purpose and meaning and task ahead of you today. As I work my way through scripture in the general or as I focus on a specific passage, I try my best to do what I've just said. And then as, as needed, once I've gotten a, a good sense of what it has meant in its original context, its original time, what was actually God saying then and how was that understood then, I then move on to my next step if it's, if it's needed, and most often it is. I bring Christ Jesus into the process of understanding its application to me. I use the lens, I talk about it that way, I use the lens of Jesus, the lens of Christ to make sense of the scripture for me. For in Jesus, I see the, the ultimate self-expression, self-revelation of God to us for our human understanding. So for, for me, simply said, eternal, timeless truths need to pass the Jesus test. So I'm appreciative, just as a side note, I'm, I'm appreciative of our understanding that God was with the Israelites as they, as they brought themselves out of Egypt and settled into the promised land. And I celebrate God's presence with them, God's empowering of them on that pilgrimage of theirs, that journey of theirs. And I have some questions over the slaughtering of the Canaanites and the Maovites. And I'm, I'm wondering how much was that God's intention? Are we to prevail through slaughtering? Is the truth to come out through the killing of the other? Just a small example of where I bring my understanding of Jesus, my sense of what the lens of Jesus is to the understanding of what we think is God's word for us. Because I have concerns about that. I don't know that that's like Jesus, like what Jesus was sharing to us about how we're to deal with one another. Well, Scripture puts the wind in the sails of our boat as we make our way across the difficult seas of our lives. One of the many helps we have on our journey, perhaps the most important help we have on our journey, because in it, we see the witness, the testimony of other folk who have tried to live well under the inspiration of God. We read that story, we hear that word, and its echo of truth inside of our soul starts to happen. 
and we recognize what God is asking of us and how that ask might be put to real life words and behaviors in our time amid the challenges of our lives, the rough seas of our journey. The Bible's in my boat. In fact, I picture Jesus there at the stern. I'll give Like I've got to wake him up to help me. I recognize that really he's not been asleep. It's been me. Go with God as you learn of God through God's word in the journey of your life. Amen. We come to the time in our worship service where we contemplate what we've heard. We consider what it means to take the scripture with us and how we, we view the scripture when we use it. I'm very proud of you for using the word lens because it would be so tempting to use the word hermeneutic, which means absolutely nothing to everyone except for Walt and I. <laughs> but to talk about what lens we look at the world through and how we use our understanding of faith and our understanding of scripture to move us forward as people who bring God's truth to light. We have the opportunity to reflect on how we say thank you to a God who is with us through it all and how we work together to build the kingdom of God. We will receive the gift of music as we contemplate our giving, both of our actions and our monetary contribution.
hope this service has been a blessing to you. The Bible is a key resource for us on our journey to a better life. Its power to shape and inspire us depends on our understanding of it and how well we engage its words and its wisdom, making real for ourselves in our own lives its eternal truths. If you open yourself to the Spirit's influence through Scripture, you'll have a fair wind in your sails for the journey ahead. I overlooked reminding you of one uh, good resource that lies ahead of us. I want to share it with you right now just real quickly. On November 1st, that Monday after All Hallows' Eve, we will be having a special service here in the sanctuary, an All Saints service, a time of remembrance and reflection for those that we have lost over this pandemic time. You'll want to be a part of that whether you come in person or join us online. Be safe, stay healthy. Know that you are loved. Amen. Amen.